It has been ten months since the death of Miriam Hearthspear, the first knight of the Knights of the Realms. The world has slipped further into chaos, into what is being called the Great Turmoil. Armies march in all corners of the world, both beastly and human. The realm of United Kings, historically stable and stalwart, was shattered and splintered as the 40 monarchs were succumbed to assassination, overthrow, and displacement. Their lack of leadership has all but dissolved the efficacy of the United Federation of Realms, leaving each realm to fend for itself. Refugees flood from realms lost to those defending their borders, creating more and more desperate situations. In other realms, resistance has worked. The realms of Oakhart, Marcasia, and Poplona have successfully thwarted hostile takeovers. In all the realms, the de facto defensive force has been the Knights of the Realms. With the need so great, open recruitment and enlistment has led many to claim the name Knight of the Realm. Many more lose the title upon falling in battle. The number of knights climbs every day as the world becomes more fraught, and the armies of good mount their best resistance. With the sudden explosion in members, new problems have surfaced, and those with the bond of knighthood might not be all that they seem. One realm, known for its peaceful demeanor and gorgeous geography, Castor, has successfully defended its borders from an onslaught of shadow creatures early in the times of the Great Turmoil. Sandy beaches, tropical cities, and inviting inhabitants remain intact thanks to the swift action of Principal Order Decius. The Castorian army, in conjunction with the Knights of the Realm, hold a secure, narrow border in the city of Penelope, betwixt a seaside cliff and the harrowing mountains of Spite. With the war effort finished, life has returned to this vivacious realm. Business continues, citizens socialize in the busy cities, and the festivities of seasons carry on. One thing that remains is the power of the Principal Order, given oversight of the realm at the start of the conflict by the Legion of Elders. A knight of the realm himself, Principal Order Decius, now seeks a new enemy within. Spies, infiltrators, and agents of chaos have been caught sowing seeds of distrust in all the realms, including in Castor. First Knight Sora McIntyre has convened a secret council to oversee counterintelligence operations in a hope to slow the spread of evil in this time of great turmoil. It is here, in a warm and humid jungle outside of Castor City, in a great temple, that we meet our first set of heroes in this story. Igneous, Yeni Donk, Arix Climbclaw, Deidre Selenka, and Biscuit. Along with their fearless leader, Alistair Slate, they have navigated a harrowing forgotten temple in search of a necromancer named Vilnus. They give a final heave against a locked door, bursting into a vast chamber full of open tombs and stolen loot. Vilnus sees the group and raises his staff, summoning to life the dead around him. This is it, team. We take Vilnus alive. He's no use to us dead, gnashes Alistair as he draws his great axe overhead. Roll initiative! Oh, boy. Dang, right off the bat. All right. Uh, biscuit rolled a four. Twenty-four. A nat twenty. Our Ar- Arix got a six. Igneous has a fifteen. Uh Yenny has a ten. Alright. So first up, coming in through the doors, you see that there are six zombies now uh animated to life. Vilnus stands uh on a pile of looted gold and uh trinkets. Deidre is first. Uh, so I would like to attempt to kind of stealth my way into the room and with the intention of attacking from behind and hopefully getting that sneak attack. That's what I want to do. Um, now for me to get that bonus, 
I have to have uh, somebody else engage so that I get advantage, or how does that work? You have to have advantage somehow, or if they have to have a, or you have to have an ally within five feet, or maybe or you have to be thing. hidden hidden from them, and then attack. So if if I'm able to stealthily make my way in there, can I can I get that? Can I have it? It's going to be pretty difficult to find stealth in this. It is a well-lit... There's lots of torches all around. Um, there's not much shadow to hide behind. I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to boop at him with my crossbow. That's a technical term. All right. So Deidre is going to pull out uh, a bright silver crossbow, um, dainty, uh, named Magnum. Let's boop a zombie. Uh, try going for that headshot. That's the goal there. Make it happen. Um, that's going to be a 25 to hit. I rolled 19. Um, That's going to hit. Dope. And that's seven damage. Seven damage. Great. A bolt goes flying across, lands in a zombie's head. It uh, flails around, but is still standing. Uh, can I use my cunning action to hide real quick? Yes. Cunning yes. action to hide. That takes us to Igneous, the Phoenixborn. All right, well, Igneous strides forward, who is clad all in black with very dark skin and sort of a sunglass goggles over his eyes, which glow like little flames. If he doesn't have those on, is going to stride forward into the midst of the zombies and punch some of them because he's a shadow monk. Okay. So he attacks primarily with a spear. So one attack with a spear and then... A nice punch or a kick to another zombie. First attack is 19. Hits. That's with his spear. Does 10 damage. Wonderful. Uh, Second attack is 26. Hits. That does 6 damage. Holy moly. All right. And he'll go ahead and open up with a use a key point for flurry of blows. We'll just keep wailing on this first zombie until he goes down. Next attack is 12. Hits. That's 9 damage. And with that, you tell me this. Yeah. You lock that in, and uh, as you were expecting some resistance here, instead your hand just goes and punches a hole straight through this zombie, and it falls back down. It is donezo, so one is done. Ew. That is disgusting. Tell me about it. It's all over my hand. Uh, one more attack, well, I'm going <laughs> to kick another zombie. Do it. That's a 20. Uh, oh, that's going to hit. And that'll do six damage. All right. You land that. You've already taken one out. And now it takes us to Yenny's turn. I'm going to have to rage now. Oh. (laughs) And uh, when I rage, as my first attack, I would like to uh, perform a reckless attack, if that's all right with you. Oh, yes. So uh, when you make your first attack on your turn, you can decide to attack recklessly. Doing so gives you advantage on melee weapon attack rolls using strength during this turn. So I've got a battle axe. Uh, which Zombo is probably closest to me? Uh, one of them is closest to you. It looks like maybe at one point it was a um, some sort of like knight or king, but you don't know. Now it's just dead. Yeah, you're dead and I'll make you deader. Okay, so uh, 21. That's going to hit. All right. 14. Uh, Damage? 14 damage, yep. (laughs) All right. Very good. You come up and bake a a huge slice in this zombie. One of the arms flies off and dried uh, ash and 
uh, sinew goes flying out from its old where its arm once stood and it's it goes ah it's still standing all right and with that alistair the guy who has brought you guys here and has traveled with you through this temple he sees yeti uh burst into a rage as he screams and he goes ha i'm gonna like this guy and he also goes ah, and rages himself and lifts up his battle axe and comes over to the zombie right next to Yenny where you were, and he brings that down and lands a giant blow, and it just slices it right in half, and um, he kind of looks at you and gives you a knowing wink. The necromancer, Vilnus, he says, you've made a mistake coming here, and he, he lifts up his staff, and he points it right at Oryx, with uh, that uh, staff pointed right at you, a black beam uh, shoots out, and it's going to make a spell, range spell attack on you. It's going to be 12 to hit you. Versus my AC? Yes, please. That's going to miss. I got a 15. All right, you dodge out of the way. Looks like you missed. Uh, let's see. One of the zombies is going to attack our good friend uh, Igneous and is going to miss... Uh, another one is going to stumble forward to try and find Deidre. Does not see them. Goes over to Yenny. That's another miss. And oh boy, I picked the right dice for you guys. Uh, <laughs> another one comes over and tries to uh, grab onto Alistair, uh, but is unable to. And he pushes him away and says, ha, not this time. And uh, Arx, it is now your turn. All right. Um, how many zombies are left? There are five left. Uh, I'm actually going to go after... Arx is going to go after the Necromancer. Uh, I'm going to cast Hex on him. Okay. And then I will Agonizing Blast him. Ooh, okay. Very good. That's five. Uh, 20 to hit. That will hit. Eight damage. That's what it looks like when you don't miss. He goes, ah, and he uh, recoils back tries to step behind a little bit to try and uh, uh, regroup and gather himself again. Alistair calls out, Remember, don't kill him! Leave him alive! And with that, it is now our friend Biscuit's turn. He's gonna say, uh, let's see, um, I know it's in here somewhere. Oh, oh here it is. A uh, bit of honeycomb, just dripping. I'm gonna snap this in half, and, uh, you just hold right there, okay? And, uh, he's gonna point his finger at the necromancer, Vilnus, and, uh, cast, um, Suggestion. Mm. Okay. And he's he's gonna tell him to um, stay right there and put everything down. <laughs> Do I have a save for that? Wisdom saving through. Uh, sixteen. That unfortunately will succeed. All right. So then, no suggestion at all. Well, tarnation. <laughs> Gosh darn it! I thought that was gonna work. <laughs> Vilnus laughs in the background. All right, top of the order, back to uh, Deirdre. Deirdre. So we now have uh, a couple people engaged in melee range with some of these zombies, correct? We've oh, got yeah. We've and our, uh-huh. uh, I don't know what the other one, a monk. Um, so uh, I now would like to get into, if I'm able, flanking position on one of these zombies that is presently engaged with one of my compatriots. All right, the closest one to you is going to be um, is going to be Igneous. Okay, so I will 
uh, very deftly maneuver myself uh, over to be flanking that zombie, and I want to uh, wield my rapier again, very bright uh, silver rapier, and uh, attack it. Okay. With advantage because I am flanking. Do it. And ooh, a crit! Crit, 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 crit! Yeah. First crit of season four. Yay. 15 damage plus uh, my d6 for sneak attack. So <laughs> I rolled a one. So it's going to be 16 damage. All right. So uh, you roll up and uh, the zombie is uh, trying to uh, get a bearing on uh, attacking Igneous here. And you just sneak out of nowhere. Bam. And that zombie just uh, disintegrates, falls apart. The different uh, limbs are just now a mess on the floor. And another one is gone. Great pains to maneuver myself to be out of the spray of any Hmm. uh, liquids or anything that is being expulsed from this zombie. It's it's pretty uh, dry, so it's more like a a dust or a a bit of a show of just of wiping my hands. Handle that for you. And with that, it'll take us to Igneous's turn. Mm, How far away are there zombies? They're close and all around you. All right. Well, I guess I'll punch some of them. First of all, put a spear. Gonna hear a lot of that because monk. Eighteen to the first one. Hits. This'd be eight damage. Then I'll punch it. That's a nine only. Let's experiment with what a zombie AC is. Survey says. It hits. Oh, the wow. nine hits. A nine hits. Free for all, everybody. <laughs> That's six damage on that one. So six plus six so far? Yeah. Okay. What the heck? Let's flurry of blows some more. It seems there seems like there's advantage in narrowing these guys down. So I'll do two more hits on that one. That's a 21 for seven damage. All right. And with that, boom, you uh, hit this one in the head and it just kind of the skull just wow, disintegrates into a fine dust. Ugh. Whoever's next in line, I will unarm strike for a 19 to hit. Oh, that's gonna hit. And that's gonna be nine damage. Oh boy, so you just boom, knock this one out. You see the other one kind of coming up behind you. It thinks it's gonna like grab you, and you just wachow, hit it right in the back of the chest, or the right in the chest, and it just uh, also uh, stumbles back and just falls down and explodes into a mess of dust and uh, bones. So another one down at the hand of Igneous. Keep it coming. No, it is Yenny's turn. We're going to go to Yenny. Yeah, is the zombie ID armed still around? Uh, He is, yes. Oh, well, let's keep it going. Ah! Oh, yeah, that's a 19. It is going here. Oh, yeah. That's going to be 13 damage. Wow, Zaruni. Uh, with that, you slice down and bam, you uh, you knock another one uh, down, disintegrating it right before everybody's eyes. There's now one zombie. All right, anything else for your turn, Yenny? No, that'll do it. Just living his best zombie life. He's doing just, the zombie uh, things. Uh, uh, and, uh, Dreaming his zombie dreams. <laughs> Hopes for the future. 
do zombies dream of zombie sheep? <laughs> and he's going to uh, lurch forward and try to attack uh, our good friend Yenny, since he <gasps> just did some damage, but misses and uh, stumbles around, uh, unable to have anything of value happen. And um, Vilness, uh, you guys see that he kind of uh, crouches down, and you see just these uh, magic, these three magic lights come out of nowhere, and uh, they hit, um, they are going to hit our friend Igneous for two, four, six damage. So... Uh, these magical missiles come flying out and oh. hit our igneous friend. Um, Alistair is going to jump jump around, move past the zombie, try and come up on uh, Vilnus. And you see he uh, jumps on the big pile of loot that was there. And he sees Vilnus down below. And he says, give up now. You're surrounded. And he's, uh, Vilnus looks up. He says, never. I never will. And with that, he turns his axe uh, sideways, and he swings it down, and bops him on the head, and he like Bunny goes, yeah, like Bunny Fufu. Villainous goes, "Ow, gosh, what? You can't <laughs> do that! Ow, come on, it's combat. I'll never talk anyway." And uh, it is now Arix's turn. All right, uh, how is uh, Villainous looking? Uh, he's a little dazed and confused right now. Um, so uh, you think based on what Alistair was doing, trying to do some uh, non uh, some sort of uh, like non lethal damage might um, might be at that phase. OK, um, I'm going to do another agonizing blast. OK, eight to hit. That's going to miss. Yep. All right. That'll do my turn. Very good. <laughs> All right. With that, that takes us to uh, Biscuit. OK, see here. Um, so so. Hear me out. So what what I really like is what you just did there with the whole like, uh, uh, you know, missiles shooting out like that was a real cool trick. So uh, I'm going to do the same thing. So I'm going to shoot out <laughs> some uh, missiles and kind of got these uh, darts of magical force. And they're they're going to swing around them from the back and like hit them in the bum like an old cartoon and go bam, 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 like kind of knocking them off up in the air. Um, <laughs> and they're going to do seven force damage like right, right, right on the, the tushy. Right on the right on the keister. Uh, the they, keister. They fly around. They hit Vilnius. He goes, oh, oh, God. Oh, and he uh, struggles to uh, stand up. And he's kind of holding on his staff right now. And uh, it's going to really hurt to walk tomorrow. Oh, boy. And you see he's starting to kind of uh, move his hands around. You see that he's trying to summon something. He's trying to whip up some sort of magic uh, that he can. Uh, but, uh, Deidre, it is now your turn. I want to see if I can cut his hand off wow um <laughs> all right <laughs> i mean hey it's not fatal <laughs> i suppose it's not i wanna i wanna i wanna empire strikes back this and, okay uh, all right what weapon will you be attempting this with i have a, a rapier okay because that's more of a like pricking stabbing type of thing than like a you know Slicing, dicing. You need something. A spoon. It'll hurt more. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I guess you could try and like um, perforate it, 
like if you stabbed it like a whole bunch of times Jesus in a row Christ. and then exactly yeah and then you tear along the dotted line <laughs> yeah, i feel you like just... you're like you're treating this as if it's a sewing needle but it has like the edge of it is sharp like you could you might not be able to cut through the bone but i feel like i could get at least a decent like slash like a gash how about a finger let's let's try for a finger i want to try and take his fingers off okay you can roll is this too dark is this too dark no baby this is this is great uh here's take his whole arm darling here's what i'd like to do go ahead and roll a d20 regular just straight up d20 just to see whether you hit or not Wait, so I'm not making an attack. I'm just rolling a straight d20. I'm sorry. Roll your regular attack. Yeah. No advantage, no disadvantage yet. I rolled a 19, so that's a 25. That's going to hit. Now let's see if if you can have the precision to hit one of his fingers. I would like you to roll a d100. Jeez. 89. (laughs) All right. Like a shadow coming out of nowhere. You guys... See this woman who seems so proper and fancy and clean and meticulous. You see her dodge and weave through piles and graves and and big caskets. She comes up in the hand that Vilnus is barely holding on to his staff with. Uh, You see her stab forward with her rapier. And right where he's holding on, pinches his pinky finger uh, right between that and the staff. And it goes flying off there, and Vilnius just goes and shrieks like that. He goes, "My finger!" With that, he collapses down uh, to his knees and um, holds his hand in pain. Say good luck growing that back. The uh, as that happens, because that was uh, such an amazing um, turn of events (laughs) that I was not accounting for. Uh, the, uh, zombie... No one expects the old finger execution. That's a good place. My campaign was built around that finger. (laughs) He needed all ten fingers to finish the plot. This is actually a prequel, and that is the finger that that Lyra ends up with. Ooh. Ignacio. 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 And, uh, the, uh, zombie that, uh, several of you are facing off with, the last one, uh, just falls over back dead. The life is gone from him and with that Alistair grabs his grabs Vilnius's head and he kind of pulls him up and he throws his uh, staff down and he says now you're going to tell me how you knew how did you know about that meeting who ordered that attack who made that happen and Vilnius he's holding his finger just I'll I'll never talk you can't make me uh, Alistair throws him down and he takes the uh, he takes his axe and he holds it down at his throat and he says you're going to tell me now or I'm going to take your head off. And he finally goes, oh, fine, fine. It was a man named Dan Brecht. He's a knight of the realm. That's all I know. He told me a time and a place and I, <coughs> I executed it. Dan Brecht. Somebody wrote that down. Do we know who that is? Uh, none of you have heard that name. Alistair pushes down the axe and beheads Vilnius right there. Oh. And for a moment... The entire room is still. And Alistair says, good. One less necromancer. Alistair, I thought we were going for more of a non-lethal approach here. Yes, I did the whole thing with the pinky. Did did anyone else see that? I did. I was right there. Yeah, that was real nice. That was real nice. Thank you. 
very specific. Listen, I know all of you were just adventurers, and you came with me on this quest not knowing what was going to happen and, and where it was going to end up. But this has all been a test. And clearly we have some strong fighters here and some people who are more than what they seem. And uh, he kind of looks at Deidre. He says, <clears throat> For generations, the Knights of the Realm have stood as a force of good and defenders of innocent. We owe no fealty to no, we owe fealty to no ruler. We seek no tribute of coin nor esteem. We pledge ourselves to the unconditional defense of the Excuse me. The Excuse me. Yes. Is there going to be a test? Do we have to write this down? Just, I'm not good let, at memorizing. Let, uh, I'm not good at memorizing. Let me. All right. We listen to him, huh? Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> we pledge ourselves to the unconditional defense of the good and the innocent on this day. On this day, uh, five nights. Poverty, do I? Five knights have been nominated to join the order. You've been observed by a knight of the realm. That's me to act in accordance with the rules of our credo. The knights are called on when good is needed and evil makes itself known. In order to be inducted to the knights of the realm, a candidate must be engaged in three acts of valor. Well, it's one act of valor now, and this has been your act of valor, so that's pretty great. Uh, I will what? speak for you for the intensive uh, parts of these purposes. And so uh, for each of you, upon your word and honor, do you each pledge yourself to the defense of the good and innocent people of these realms to stand up when needed and place the well-being of others before your own at any cost? Well, uh Holes. It's just like a pyramid thing where, look, uh, we're going to have to go recruit our own people in order before we make any kind of a profit and just sort of like trickles down until, like, exponentially it'd have to be the whole population. You know what I'm talking about? No, this is a job where we pay you. Oh, all right, sure. I mean, is it like a full-time thing or is this kind of like a side gig where we could do our own thing? Because I, I got things I got to accomplish kind of like for my own purposes. You'll be working with me on missions of high importance to keep this realm safe and all realms safe. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I mean, guess you've, that's... you've heard of the Knights of the Realm, right? I mean, I don't have to... It's just kind of an old wife tale. I mean, I, I didn't think it was real. I thought it was something, you know, you, you, you talk to the chickens about when they're about to, you know, go back in the roost to get them to fall asleep. <laughs> but, I mean... I haven't really heard of that, but I'm not, I'm not from here, so... It's the yeah. only reason that this realm has remained untouched by the forces of evil. It's because the knights here are the strongest. It's because the knights here are the best, and I'm asking you to join. Wow. All right. I mean, that sure looks good on the resume. Okay, I'm in. All right, Biscuit, we got you. Igneous, Arx. Well, if you're looking for the best, got me. Deidre? Well, I mean, so what's, what's my out clause here? Because, I mean, this just seems like an awful lot of obligation. It's the obligation to serve the realms and to challenge yourself. And you stick with me and I, I'll show you things in this world you never thought possible. I suppose you don't have any other plans. All right, I'm in. Let's go. And Yenny, I can tell hey, you're Yenny. made for this. Yenny looks up from the finger she's been looking at. What? What? Yeah? Huh? <laughs> Yenny. Yenny, look. Uh, yeah? No, I, I can't read. Explain it simple. What? Fight bad guys. Be awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then let us rise together as knights of the realms. And he uh, goes to each of you and does the forearm handshake. And as you open, you each see that you have the symbol of the knights of the realm. And he does Ooh, that. That to is each a nice trick. Yes. It is the way in which we identify each other. Now, would this be like on top of my fur or how would that, how would that look? It changes the coloration. Like it's a patcher or, or something. Got it. 
branded. Well, like, like the cattle, like livestock. No, no, it's more one of those like mystical tattoos, like only us can I see. I have it. an impeccable skin quality here, and. and well, you did. No, he says, he says, watch this. And he goes, we can hide them from each other. Take your palm and hold it towards you and then uh, swipe it down like this. And that will make it disappear to other knights. You can control whether it's visible or not to other knights. Oh, thank God. Uh-huh. Arx is just going to flicker that on and off. Just I'm sorry. It was just, it, it threw off my whole aesthetic. I, I have a look here. Let's go, since we have a moment, let's have everybody describe themselves, starting with uh, Alistair Slate, who is a dragonborn uh, man who is um, uh, very tall and um, uh, brutish, um, and he has a, a giant axe with him, and uh, he looks like uh, his, his uh, scales have a sort of uh, a green perplexion to them. Hmm. Uh, so Deidre is a, an, a high elf rogue thief, um, although she might not openly admit that. You would notice that she wears very elegant, obviously well-made, tailored clothing. She has a dark leather uh, studded chest piece and uh, a cloak that is uh, crushed red velvet on the outside, like kind of a crimson, and very polished uh, with pale skin and dark hair uh, that is braided. Uh, And she has a bright silver rapier that she wears on her waist and a bright uh, silver, uh, elegantly inlaid crossbow that she keeps slung on her back. It is a small, light crossbow that uh, comes with her on her person. Igneous is a male phoenix born, which we're taking from the Arcanist Pressed More Ancestries and Cultures supplement. Ooh. Uh, as a phoenix born, he, Igneous in particular, has very, very dark skin, kind of the quality of burnt wood. Um, and when not wearing his dark goggles, his eyes glow like torches hmm. in the darkness. He generally he wears a black cloak and usually pulls it up over his head because um, as a shadow monk, he does a lot of sneaking in the darkness. But if he pulls his cloak back, he has a feathery crest on top and back of his head made up of bright yellow and orange, red, yellow and orange feathers. And having traveled with him a little bit, you probably all know he was a member of of the army that came over from the fire realm and he was out scouting and was left behind in when that army was defeated in respite. So he's been just sort of making his way around the realms. He's made his way towards the more deserty areas because he thought he'd fit in a little better there because nobody's most people have not seen folks like him. And if they have any notion of who folks like him are, they're not, uh, Super welcoming. Do you have bird legs? Nope. <laughs> Regular no. humanoid monk legs. Got it. So it's really it. just the, the, the feathers on your forehead and crazy eyes? The flamey eyes and the feathers, yes. Is it like a mohawk crest or, or yeah. more of like mohawk? Mm-hmm. Kind of down from the top of his head down the back of his neck. When you get surprised, do you kind of like screech like a bird? Like, ah! You've never seen him surprised. 
Challenge accepted. And now Yenny. Uh, Yenny is a halfling. Um, she uh, wears a studded leather uh, armor, but doesn't have any armor on her arms, just for extra mobility. She wears her black hair up on a braid. She has deep green eyes and has a very aggressive demeanor and face to her. Uh, she also does not wear shoes. Uh, raised by orcs, so technically a halfling, but culturally orcish. Um, so very much used to violence and blood, and uh, really enjoys being a barbarian. Oh my god, we we need to meet. We, we need her to meet gravely. All right, Oryx. Uh, Oryx Climbclaw is a tabaxi, uh, so a cat person. Um, he's uh, six and a half feet tall, bright green eyes, black fur with dark gray spots. He's got a uh, like studded leather armor on and, and a nice cloak of elven kind now. Thank you very much. He is a rogue lock. And yeah, a rogue, a rogue lock. He's a rogue and he's got warlock spells. He can do uh, I sort of a little bit of both. Got it. And Biscuit. Biscuit is a uh, male gnome. He he is a round of face. He's got kind of like um, very short hair on the sides with kind of like this little pompadour floof on the top of his head that's bright red he's wearing kind of like these uh overall kind of deals with uh big old boots and um and a, a big uh kind of satchel and uh and a high collar kind of turned up and uh he just got a big old smile on his face and he's he's a uh, kind of pale skin couple freckles that's uh that's biscuit people just call him biz what's his class oh i'm a wizard Who's going to spend this giant pile of gold pile of gold here? Grab yourself some. We've earned it. Oh, that's mighty nice. I, I can buy a lot of supplies and paper and components with that. How much do we get? There is such a large pile of gold coins and silver and copper that it is as much as you are willing to carry. I cannot carry that much because I am a small being. Alistair sees you guys like looking over, trying to figure out how to carry this all. And he says, guys, take what you want, but it's, there's plenty more where this comes from. I'll buy you whatever you need. All right. When we get I'm back into Caster city, I'm still going to take a thousand. This, and he says, Ooh, this is the good stuff. And he dig, he, um, he moves, uh, one of the big, heavy tops, the stone tops. And he kind of moves, uh, of, a." Oh, what are those called? Of, of a tomb. He moves it over and he reaches in and he pulls out some bracers. He shakes out the uh, arms that are in it. He says, these are magical. These are good right here. And uh, he goes to some other ones and he l- looks at a sword and he says, I bet this is pretty good too. And so he, uh, he kind of collects a whole bunch of, uh, excuse me, a whole bunch of items and says, this is the stuff you guys want. Don't mess around with that gold stuff. This is where the real value is. All right. Show me what I can use. Can I look around to see if there's any um, uh, like wands or magical items like th- that I might be able to use like on, on the uh, on the dead guy, the necromancer? Yep. So uh, you go over and you take a look. You see that his staff um, is right there, and that is a uh, a necromatic staff. You'd have to identify Ooh. to see what kind of um, spell it is like attached to it, uh, but it is probably uh a necromatic spell so if that's mm. into what you will cast into. identify and I'll, I'll i'll spend some time like studying it and seeing if that's something that i might want to take a gander mm. at well okay then it has um uh three times per day it has ray of enfeeblement 
And then uh, once per day, it has Ray of Sickness. Okay, I'm just going to leave that right there. It's not really my thing, so... Um. Uh, Alistair kind of picks it up and he says, mm, I could probably sell this for... Trade this for something. Uh, are there any other... Are we? <laughs> can I take a moment and dig through that pile and see about any other items? Sure. Of the things that um, Alistair kind of pulls and like you guys find, um, there's a very nice set of bracers. There's a very nice long sword. There's a beautiful chain shirt. There's a fancy looking cloak. There's a nice looking ring, a wonderful piece of plate mail armor, and a necklace. Sure, I'll, I'll just take some time and and uh, I mean I got a ritual spell you know for identify so I can do that. Can you can you identify this pinky? Um, that's just a, that's just a finger. That's a sure? finger. You know, it's, 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 that's not really going to do much for you. Except sure? maybe on the black market where people are buying fingers from necromancers. What's the ring and what's the, uh, <laughs> the bracers and the cloak, the, the bracers and the cloak and the necklace. So the ring is uh. a ring of protection. So plus one to AC. The necklace mm. is a necklace of feather fall. And what was the other <gasps> thing? The cloak, the cloak. Let's call it a cloak of elven kind, yeah. I don't know about y'all, but I can't wear armor, so that ring is that ring is looking might, mighty uh, tempting. I mean that that'd be right up my alley. But mm-hmm. this is a this this cloak here is a sneaky cloak. It's a it's a made by real fine elven fabric, and um, oh, bracers are archery. So um, you know, and y'all got that bow and arrow thing, or you, you with the crossbow thing. That yes. might be, yeah. So biscuit throws. Uh, Rx the cloak. I mean, what do you say, darling? Can I keep this ring? <laughs> I mean, I suppose you probably need it more than I do. Um, <sighs> with braces of archery, though, I'm afraid I tend to favor the crossbow. So I don't think they work on that, right? I don't rightly know, but we could bend the rules and say that it does. Yay. All right. Bracers okay. of shooty bang bangs. <laughs> Yay! Bracers of shooty bang bangs. What else was there? There was uh, a chain shirt and a piece of plate mail armor. No, I can't wear any of this. Any of you wear armor? Oh, I could take the chain shirt. I could take that chain shirt. I like chains. All right, you got yourself a chain shirt. Igneous doesn't have anything and can't wear plate mail and already has slow fall. But if nobody takes magic stuff, he'll just lug it around and try to trade it for something later, probably. Okay, so you want to take that plate mail and try and hawk it later? In a big hole over my back, sure. (laughs) I'll I'll hang on to that, uh, the necklace, if nobody else wants it. All right. Hello, listeners of The Roll Table. This is Jeff, your DM for Season 4. That's right. Oh, my gosh. They've let me have the reins of this thing. I'm terrified but also excited. I'm just so happy to be doing this with this amazing group of people. I'm happy that you're listening as well. You know, the best way to support us is to leave a rating and a review on whatever podcast service you are listening with right now. It only takes a minute and you don't even have to write something. Just a rating is appreciated. We need those five-star ratings. We need you to rate and review. Both rate and review, okay? You can visit our Instagram and Twitter at Rolled Table. That's it, just at Rolled Table. And use the hashtag Rolled Table to help us get the word out about the show. 
In fact, if you use the hashtag, I will give you a shout out in the announcements. That's going to come. I will shout out to you your name here on the podcast. Hey, we got a Discord server too. Come on by. It's a lot of fun. We Discord, we that chord, we got all sorts of chords. Uh, you could ask questions about what we do. We have amazing artwork that gets shown. We can discuss our favorite moments. I have a whole channel where I have tips on making pizza that you can go back and look through. I'm happy to discuss making pizza and that kind of thing. Search for Knights of the World Table on the Discord or click on the link in our show notes. Some of the combat music featured in this episode was created by Weston Gardner. You know him, coach from season one. He can It can be found on his Patreon. That's Arcane Anthems. There's some great royalty-free original compensation that you can download right now. Check it out. The link, Arcane Anthems, also in that show notes. We love Weston. We love what he does. We love the music that he brings. Also, follow this guy on TikTok because he's blowing up. All of the art for our characters and maps are illustrated by our very own Chris Daly. You hear his voice in this podcast who also has a Patreon, and that's Dungeon Heads. So if you want to support him, you can check out his gallery of character art. Download some for free. Check out Dungeon Heads on Patreon. Follow his art at Dungeon Heads on Twitter and the Instagrams. If you've got questions, you want to talk to us, you want to tell me something, you want to tell the whole cast something, we'd love to hear what you have to say. We're so glad that you're listening to our podcast. We want to hear from you. It's knightsoftherolltable at gmail.com. Look, we know we are not the only D&D actual play podcast out there, and we love that you're listening. I'm so glad that you're listening, giving us a chance, and we hope you're having fun. We have a lot of fun making this show, and we hope that you are following along and having a great time with us. Now, I'm so happy to say this. I get I get to live this dream after uh, our amazing DM, Zach and Chris. Now I get to say it. Now, go out stay in and make life an adventure. From the lush jungles of Castor lies the dry and barren realm of Red Basin. Untouched by the great turmoil, there is little to gain for an advancing army, save for a few nomadic villages, opal mines, and sandworm silkers. With no major monarchs or governments, the realm of Red Basin is a catch-all for deserters, exiles, and fugitives. It is here where we rejoin our heroes Jarek, Sarsa, and Branch, After securing a victory in Poplona, doing some shenanigans with uh, a father figure, uh, they were swept (laughs) up in the need to help. They were summoned by Cavan himself with a greater task to find an elder knight named Remy Valiant, hero of the Battle of Cornerstep nearly 30 years ago. Since meeting Remy, they have struck out east and began to cross the dry plains of Red Basin in search of two heroes to be recruited for the cause. Now, in the isolation of nothingness, the veteran fighter Remy breaks his stare from the wavy horizon just as the day breaks noon. <sighs> sure is hot out here. Are we there yet? Jarek, you keep asking that and the answer's not going to change right in just... You asked that ten minutes ago. Are There's you... like 
there's nothing on the horizon in any direction. How do we even know where we're going? Uh, stars. I don't think there's any stars out in the middle of the day. Uh, there is a one star. It is a the big one. Thanks, Branch. Have a point. Let's just go towards the not hot. Can we go towards not hot? You guys look and uh, across the the plains, across over a few bushes and cactuses, uh, you see that it looks like maybe there's some sort of grove of uh, a palm tree uh, that you kind of see further off in the distance. And Remy uh, kind of points out there. He says, uh, "We could take, we could take rest in the shade ahead." Yes, please. All right. Um, although, to be honest, Jarek, that tan is looking real good, aren't you? You think? Apparently, stay out too long, you might get a dirt. Trying to keep it even, not get too many lines. Sometime after the end of uh, season three, like in the the kind of like rebuilding of Giaka and all that, Cavan uh, actually um, came to the area and uh, kind of united up with the different characters that we had left. And um, between them, Jarek and Sarsa and Branch, he kind of pulled you guys aside and um, uh, introduced you to uh, Remy, who's kind of a he's kind of an older human man. Um, but kind of has the has the physique of like a, an old um, like football coach. Like he kind of looks like at one time he was probably a really scary guy. But, you know, now he's kind of a, a little slow, slowing down a little bit. But he might be able to um, still whoop somebody's butt if he needs to. He's kind of a, a, a known war hero um, fighting in the Battle of Cornerstep a really long time ago, which was kind of this big deal. He was a hero. He probably has a statue in some place continuing the tradition of having statues of people in our stories. Um, <laughs> it and, doesn't always work out great. Well, I guess I guess we'll see. And um, he uh, kind of puts you in ch- under his um, guidance and, um, you know, has just – you guys know have known you've been traveling um, to kind of find uh, these two other people. I'm just going to an- announce that uh, Gravely and Maya would have inducted Branch. Oh, I am a knight now. Yay. <laughs> and so far, it's been travel um, for you guys. Remy says to you guys, as you guys. Do you want us to roll for gathering supplies or. <laughs> Not- How much water did we bring? You have some large backpacks. You're you're feeling pretty confident. Remy's always been able to kind of either find a hookup or he kind of knows somebody or he's he seemed to have some sort of big plan that he just kind of quietly looks at his map, looks in his journal, and then kind of says, okay, right over here. And then um, things are ready for him, either somebody to meet or somebody to um, help you guys out. You've met um, dozens and dozens of other knights as you've been traveling um, that have kind of helped you out along the way. And Remy says to you guys, we're looking for a human and we're looking for um, some sort of uh, some sort of construct. It's not a bird, is it? <laughs> uh, I hope not. I miss that bird. We haven't had the best history with uh, constructs and, uh, you know, built armies are we this is like a good construct or a bad construct that we're looking for good we're hoping that they can join us oh okay and uh as you guys uh, are going go ahead and roll a perception check 18 mm. 15 
Uh, seven, despite my plus five. Okay, so um, there's a, a Gila monster that uh, Branch sees and is kind of distracted by. Um, Hello, little uh, lizard. Jarek and Sarsa, you guys, um, as you guys are kind of looking ahead, thinking about if there's an oasis up ahead, if there's some sort of uh, pool of water, you actually begin to kind of hear some splashing and you hear some kind of uh, some yelling and you hear some uh, something's kind of going on. You hear some voices kind of shouting uh, up ahead. You hear that? Yeah, sounds like either either a party or someone's in trouble. But either way, I imagine we're going to go check it out, aren't we? Probably. The, the lizard, his name is Larry. He says uh, it is very hot. Quiet, quiet, Branch. Hold on. <laughs> Smart lizard. All right. <laughs> weapons, weapons drawn. Let's go. Yeah. Let's sneak up. Okay. And uh, Remy kind of uh, leads forward and uh, kind of crouches down. And you guys uh, make your way up. Go ahead and roll a stealth check with Remy if you choose to be quiet. I rolled a crit. That was a, a, a three. Well, I rolled a 23. I got a 15. All right. So you guys uh, are coming up. And as you're getting closer, uh, Remy, he's he's really having trouble. He trips a couple times. He kind of uh, um, uh, is a little slower getting up. There's kind of an edge of sort of a dune uh, slopes down real slow. And you see that, in fact, there is this sort of pond oasis, this lush, watery area with a bunch of grass around it. You see there's a couple of palm trees giving some shade. But right in the middle of it, you see that there is a human rogue and this um, contraptuous machine. And they are both tied up. Tying them up are these two, these two large goblin looking guys and they've got they've got their weapons out there tying up they say ah, yeah give us all your gold give us everything you got Delith and Carver you guys are being tied up and held right now by these by these goblins well this is the second most embarrassing time I've been tied up Branch is gonna whisper to Jarek and Sarsa and Remy eh Great. More, uh, more of my people. Uh, uh, Branch can go talk if you want. Well, I imagine we'll probably be getting involved in some manner or another anyways, but uh, if you want to go try and make nice tea, Jarek and I will be back here with our weapons ready to go. How many goblins did you say there were? Or goblin-like things did you say there were? Two. Can we determine if they're actual goblins, especially since Branch is one? Do we have any more knowledge about? It uh, looks kind of like generally like the shape of Branch. It's a very branch-like shape. Um, so that's kind of why it kind of struck you as goblin-esque. All right. Well, Branch will go up and be like, hey, hello, fellow goblins. Ah, who's there? Oh. Do, uh, are we eating these humans? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could eat the human for sure, but this one we might have to scrap for parts or something. Yeah, we might have to scrap him for parts. <laughs> hey, you don't look like us. You look a little greener. Uh, I am from a, a, a forest far away. Perhaps uh, I am ill from the desert. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's your name? I am a branch from the smallest tree in the forest. You can call me Branch. Oh, good to meet you, Branch. My name is Biggest Rock in the middle of the dune. And this over here... <laughs> and this over here, this is Barry. 
Hey, I'm Barry. <laughs> Rock and Barry. Got it. Uh, hello, uh, Rock. Hello, Barry. It is uh, good to meet you. Uh, why why, uh, why are you here? Uh, Jarek's going to cast Disguise Self with his Eldritch Invocation and walk out as uh, another goblin. Oh. Oh, boy. They, they see him coming out. Hey, who's this? Who's this? Hey. Oh, hey, I am a twig from a tree that is long. Oh. Pleased to meet you. Branch does that like face palm thing. <laughs> uh, I, a twig is my uh, branch's uh, cousin. Twig? I too like to eat humans. Oh. Humans. All right. It's pronounced human. well, humans. Well, I guess we each have to have a quarter human instead of half. Half human, huh? <laughs> Ain't that right, Barry? Yeah, that's that's right, boss. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, I guess you guys are good, good with us. Well, do you want to start a fire and cook them, or you just want to eat them raw? Eh, uh. Remy says to Sarsa, "Is this something that he normally does?" <laughs> I mean, listen, I've been traveling with Jack for a long time, and I mean, he's wonderful, but also he does really stupid things sometimes. <sighs> But he's so cute doing it. I just let him do it. Just be ready to go. He's giving up a tactical advantage. I'm going to sneak around to the side. If something happens, you flank from this side. I'll get back where the sun is setting on the horizon here. Oh, if something happens, I won't need to flank. I've got this. He's too often. Okay, and he kind of... Hey, uh, uh, where where did you two find these uh, human and uh, and, uh, part thing? Because maybe there's more we could get and... uh, Metal human. Well, one yeah. one was sleeping here, and the other one we've been dragging. In the water? Around. No, not in the water, but in a tent over here. Oh, okay. We knocked that down yeah, and jumped he, him and tied him Did he rust? I did not know metal human slept. Oh, the other one was asleep. Yes, the one we're going to eat was sleeping here. The other one we found a little bit ago and been dragging him through the desert. So he's got a little shiny spot on him. Hey, uh, show him your shiny spot. The shiny spot is behind my head. I don't think I can. Well, let me try. And he rotates. Oh. Yeah, see? Wow. It is kind of shiny. Very shiny. We figure if we drag him through the desert a bit more, he'll be worth more because he'll be really shiny. Uh, Branch thinks that uh, maybe a fire would be good. Perhaps uh, you could help Branch uh, make fire over here. While a twig uh, keeps an eye on the humans, yes? Wait, you come out of nowhere and you want to keep an eye on our human? I don't think so. We don't trust you yet. Hmm. Yeah, we don't trust We don't trust you. Shut up, Barry, I got this. Now look, you build the fire and we'll carve up the human, okay? Am I close enough to the human and the construct to reach them? Uh, they're kind of standing in between you and um, and them, so you would have to get uh, on the other side. You're they're, they're like directly behind. All right, I'm gonna say, "Hey, you smell that?" They they go. <laughs> Some smells weird with them. Come, let me let me smell it. I got a good nose. Oh, I smell. Yes, Twig yeah. is the uh, best nose. Twig, you uh, go look. Let me check that up, and I'll kind of nudge past them to smell the human. They, they draw their swords, and they say, hey, hey, you still Hey, 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 oh. hey. Uh, So I see them draw their swords, 
and I want to dash out into the center of where they are gathered and cast Spirit Guardians as a level four spell to target them. Okay. And- All right. So they see you kind of coming down and they, they look at you two and they say, hey, wait a minute. It's a stick up. And uh, he's going to they're going to really tr- quickly try and uh, swing at uh, Jarek. So the first one in 18 to hit Jarek. Miss. Oh boy! So the other one, the other one is definitely gonna miss, and they go. They probably, although they hit it, I'm I'm at the illusion of a goblin, and Jarek is bigger than that, and also wearing armor, so they probably hit metal before they actually hit the image of the goblin. All right, and with that, your your kind of image like like the hologram, like I don't know, glitches out or something. And the good news is they both failed their wisdom save. So go ahead and roll your uh, insane amount of damage there on your guardian spirit. Uh, they're both going to take uh, 20 damage. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, well. All right, wonderful. So um, is this the one that like the stingrays that swirl around? Yeah, she's got stingrays. So basically a bunch of like pale shimmery stingrays start swirling almost like a slow hurricane around all right they're like oh we're getting beat up by flat bats what are these what are these flat bats here (laughs) oh flat bats i've never seen a bat like this and uh with that uh everybody roll initiative initiative 17 i got me a 22 1 18 20 Okay, so then it is going to be Branch's turn. Uh, Branch will... uh, So they got hit very recently by flat bats, yes? Yes, they got hit Mm -hmm. by the flat bats, and they uh, are very, very bruised up, very hurt. Cool. I will just... uh, I'm going to hit him with the thorn whip. I'll go after Barry. Okay. Wow. 19 to hit? That's going to hit. 7 damage all right uh barry is uh not looking great uh with that it is now uh Della's turn uh all right well <laughs> i'm all tied up uh could i try maybe some sleight of hand to see if i can start wriggling out yes oh that's 23 baby okay um with the distraction going on there uh you're able to kind of shimmy your shoulders back and forth you get a hand over to where the knot was you just gently pull the pieces of the knot and the rope loosens enough that you're actually able to um to escape you're able to get out of that uh rope and the thank you you can take any additional action but you don't have your stuff desert goblins took your stuff could I untie my uh, also unwilling companion? Sure. Yeah, I'll let you uh, go ahead and do that. So um, you'll use your action. You're able to get free, and you're able to get your companion free. And I might as well keep this rope. And I stuff it in my pocket or wherever. Okay, great. Uh, that's going to take us now to uh, to Carver. So you have just been freed from the human. Uh, thank you, Della. So that was... Was it Della? Uh... Like the airport? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly like the airport. Okay. <laughs> Smells the same. I, I love Die Hard too. I, it's, it's <laughs> All right. Uh, so thank you, Dallas. That was uh, that. That is very nice of you. So um, let me return the favor in kind, and I will open up a um, compartment from my shoulder. Um, 
area, and a mechanical um, cannon uh, raises up and kind of points at him, and it shoots out a um, construct blowfish, which attaches and inflates. And this little blowfish uh, kind of balloon uh, inflates and um, in and kind of integrates into your bloodstream, and you enlarge uh, to twice your size. That's amazing. <laughs> well, yeah. everything you wear and carry changes in size with it. Did your friend just shoot you with a fish? <laughs> it's a, a blowfish to be exact, but uh, oh, that makes it normal. And and Carver will stand up and kind of uh, stand up to a full a full height and um, take take us. He's six foot four. Kind of a dark gray metal, um, metal and wood construct um, with yellow eyes, these round yellow eyes, and uh, just kind of taking a look at everything uh, around and these new people that have come up. It's like, well, uh, thank you for trying to provide a distraction. Uh, we are uh, in need of assistance taking these goblins because they took us. All right, and it is Sarsis' turn. We'll be more than happy to help you out once my turn and initiative eventually rolls around after <laughs> everybody else. <laughs> All right, it is Sarsis' turn. Um, so I'm going to hold concentration on that, and I'm going to uh, guiding bolt uh, on, uh, I guess, Barry. Okay. All right, so 13 to hit. Does that hit? Uh, that will hit. Uh, so he takes... 17 radiant damage. Ooh, so with that, uh, Barry batting these things away, this radiant bright light comes and he goes, and he flies back and falls down to the ground. Barry is no longer in the battle. Out of uh, nowhere, you guys see uh, Remy come uh, with his uh, long sword out and um, uh, comes up to the attacking... Uh, to the goblin and he swings he swings his sword uh, as if it's uh, very comfortable holds it over his head throws it down but uh, the biggest rock in the sand dune uh, steps out of the way and um, the attack misses there you see Remy real quick kind of use that and in a moment sweeps his leg down you haven't seen him move this fast but he sweeps his leg and he trips the goblin and he falls back uh, onto his back right into the sand there and with that it will now be uh, biggest rock in the sand dunes turn so he'll first take that damage I suppose yeah so he has to make a wisdom save again okay. uh, that's going to be a 9 that's not enough okay deal yeah, it out so gonna take 15 damage alright down on the ground there he uh, tries to fight against the uh, the flat bats there uh, but they keep they keep <laughs> swimming against, oh, oh, flat bats oh, oh, oh. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, is he a, is he dead Uh, Branch is going to poke him with his quarter staff just to see if he's like alive. He spits out a bunch of blood. <laughs> Closes his eyes and he rolls back and he looks peaceful. So, uh, hello. Uh, 
tall there person that uh, was tied up and uh, in a right mess. Uh, Remy takes a breath and he says, uh, uh, you, you must be, uh, WF61119. Yes, that is correct. That is my designation. He takes out a scroll and he, and Remy kind of looks at it and he says, I don't think I have the numbers right, but you must be Deleth? Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm usually smaller than this, but yeah, this is me. Oh, let me take care of that. And the blowfish uh, reduces, goes, and, and uh, Deleth gets smaller, and the blowfish just goes. Kind well, of. that's an odd feeling. All right. Sorry, I thought there would be more use for that. Well, uh, I guess I should have everybody meet. These are our new traveling companions. Uh, hello, I am a branch from the smallest tree in the forest. Uh, my, you may call me Branch, please. Thank you, humans. I'm Jarek. I would have eventually been like really impressive in that battle. <laughs> oh, uh, Jarek, there you are. Yeah. Where were you hiding? <laughs> I was here. I was disguised, so you might not have noticed it, but I... It I, was very convincing. I thought you perhaps were a ally of the goblins because you look like a goblin. Exactly. He gets it. I was good, and I was going to help. Yeah. Yep. Bran- Branch is a goblin, but Branch was not the uh, ally of those dead goblins. Right. right. And uh, my name is Sarsa Demisolt, but uh, you can just call me Sarsa. Got it. So we got a knight, real goblin, fake goblin, and Sarsa. All right. Yes. Um, I, I am oftenly referred to as Carver because it is a name that is on my shoulder. Is the name on your shoulder because your name is Carver or? It has always been there. It is a what you would refer to as nickname. Oh, well. His full name is Carver Carving Rodriguez. My full designation is WF61119. Carver, that makes sense. Right. Well, pleased to meet you, Carver. I also carve uh, small woodland animals. If you would like, so I can carve you one. It's appropriate. Things that you can choose from are badger, okay. wombat, we can, snake, we can talk about deer, that later. rabbit, no. squirrel, weasel. I think I'm about to get one of those uh, puffer fish that you had, because I got big one time and I really liked mm-hmm. it. A puffer fish, of course. And he pulls out this long um, like knife, <laughs> kind of like a chef's knife. And takes out a block of wood, kind of opens up from a, an arm cavity, and goes, and he goes, and kind of just starts whittling. It's kind of a very fast, like almost fast forward, double speed. And just, well, uh, I suppose that these are what we were looking for. Is that right, Remy? That's right. We're going to be traveling together uh, for some time. I suppose that's all right with you two, unless you would like us to leave you to the perils of the desert. Here is your bluefish. Ooh, wow. And you see this small, you know, wooden, intricately carved uh, blowfish. Right. And uh, Remy, Remy says, we'll stay here for the night. We'll need to rest up. We're going to start very early in the morning. I'm going to stake a perimeter. Um, you all get acquainted. Do Do we know, Remy? Uh, does Carver and Deleth know? Uh, you have not um, seen him before. 
Uh, Del's a little suspicious. He's like, yeah, interesting that you should happen to run to the exact two people you were looking for at exactly the same time in a place where you could rescue us in a way that makes you look, uh, let's say, charitably heroic. I don't... Listen, we, ain't, we don't need charity to be heroic, all right? We've been doing it for a long time. Jarek and I, we saved a queen once. Hey, is anybody going to loot these goblin bodies? <laughs> uh, we should uh, bury uh, Rock and... <laughs> yeah, that's and what I bury. mean. Yes. You may take their things. Goblins uh, in debt, they, we, we do not care. Oh, cool. Things. Well, I suppose that I can go with you until I find a suitable place to set up my occupation again, because my last place is um, no longer in operation. Well, very good. We'll be glad to have you. And uh, with that, he kind of um, walks off as he kind of um, cleans off his sword and sticks it back into its scabbard. And Jarek and Branch and Sarsa, you, you're very used to this, but he has this sort of very much um, like he has a hundred things going on and he whatever the thing that's happening in the moment is, he's thinking about what the next three, four, five moments uh, could possibly entail. You begin to uh, set up camp, you bury the bodies, and the sun begins to set over the sand dunes. And uh, did, did Jarek find anything in the bodies? You find some rusty old swords, a couple of pieces of copper, and um, some little pieces of dried meat and, and dried up vegetables, but nothing, nothing of value. Do uh, you all have anything to eat stuff? You got all your supplies here? Carver has this uh, kind of uh, pouch, sort of like a backpack pouch, but it just kind of he he lifts it over his head and puts it um, on his back and it sort of kind of clamps on and uh, out of it. He pulls an assortment of meats and cheeses and breads and uh, he takes his uh, chef's knife and a little tray pops out of his chest and he starts just and cut chopping it up and then another a compartment opens up underneath kind of where his abs are and it's this little kiln this little like stone dutch oven and he starts putting stuff in and toasting it and um he he makes a little like charcuterie board uh meal for everybody wow carlos really perception check all right and that is this passive perception mm, no it's aggressive perception oh okay then. uh then that will be a 16 all right as um everybody's kind of talking getting to know each other you actually kind of over the the hill a little bit back where you these uh new friends of yours had come you see this kind of bluish uh kind of glow uh kind of hitting part of the part of the dunes there did you have uh some friends coming behind you uh, you look around. You you go. You don't see uh, Remy anywhere. Mm, okay. Not on purpose. Do we know where your friend Remy went? Sometimes he just disappears like that. I imagine he's taking care of himself or something. Does he ever disappear and say, just for instance, just as a hypothetical, start glowing blue for any particular reason? Not uh, that we've noticed. Hmm. Why would he? Uh, why would he glow blue? As you're still looking at it, the uh, light dims and goes out. Ah, well, never mind then. And a few moments later, sure enough, over the hill, Remy walks uh, up and over and then back down and um, just quietly sits uh, in the periphery around 
um, all of you and kind of begins eating and looking looking at you all. How's it going, Remy? Things are fine. Things are fine. We'll be safe here tonight. Oh, no. Then just uh, curious if you know anything about that blue light we just saw coming up over the hill. I didn't see any blue light. Eh, perhaps that is because you were the blue light. Is it? Is that eh, possible? It's possible. <laughs> eh. uh, I have ear for deceit. Uh, <laughs> so can I go ahead and check if he's lying? Yeah. Your ear's going to explode. He's lying so hard. Oh, that's a 19, baby. Mm. Yeah, you uh, you think he's lying. Mm, okay. Remy, if we're to trust each other and follow you along to wherever it is that you want to take us, why why start off things on the wrong foot? <sighs> Delith, my inquisitor friend, there are things at play right now that are very complicated, and I need to make sure that all of the pieces on the chessboard are in the right position before we begin. Well, that's all you needed to say. If we're on a chessboard, then yes, that makes complete sense. I think we're actually in a desert. I could probably whittle some chess pieces if we would like to play a game. Nope, that's probably fine. So what brings you two out to Red Basin? What are you doing out here in the middle of the desert? Well, we did get dragged out here. I think that that sort of explains that. Um, I mean, previous to that. Oh, yes. Uh, Let's just say I had business nearby. I was in a shop that sells toys to young children of the community that I was in. I was in charge of making them and constructing them. Cool. I've done that for the past five years, and previous to that, I have no memory. You don't remember anything before that? Correct. Do you think you're supposed to remember before that? Like, was that when you were created or your memory was removed or something? Jarek, I think the point of I don't remember means he doesn't remember. Well, you might suspect. My creation date is before. See, his creation date is before, so he, he knows something about that. Maybe maybe it's a mystery we could assist with. I don't know. Just making conversation here. Why don't you make a little conversation, Sarsa? Not about creme brulee. I don't know. Not everything has to be a mystery. It's it's nice. It does sound nice. Look, hey, uh, look at this. Look at look what I learned to do. And Jarek pulls out a little tattered journal out of his pocket and kind of reads it and mutters to himself a little bit. And then he cast, he uses uh, the cantrip mold earth to build a little sandcastle next to them. Huh? Look at that. That's not falling over. Practicing that one for a while. You best, you know, show me. Like- that is a nice trick. It's quite impressive. I would uh, caution against uh, trying to sleep in there. The other thing that I had when I was awoken was my friend Chisel. I have not introduced. And out of this little compartment in his kind of where his chest is where his heart would be uh it opens up and this little hummingbird construct you know flies out and um it's it's about you know a couple of inches like a hummingbird and it just starts fluttering around in front of all of you like and kind of takes you in and then it lands on his shoulder this is chisel well if we're done with the parlor tricks i'm gonna head to bed i suggest that we take shifts I will be obliged to take the first watch. I only need six hours rest, and I rested before. 
so I can stay up. Very well. Good night to you all. And he um, heads over and he begins setting up his tent and doffing his armor and um, lying down for the night. And with that, the moon begins to rise, casting a pale, uh, a pale white light over the empty desert as this new adventure begins. End of chapter one. <laughs>